I pursued law because that's you know one of the career paths that just seemed that you know we expected to aim for one of the big you know law, medicine, prestigious. engineering, those yeah. prestigious professions. Mm -hmm. um, another episode of we are feel hashtag figuring it out i hope you have had such an amazing time just catching up on our latest episode so far um, as you can see we are still on the trajectory of just having more guests come and share their wisdom um, but before we even get started please make sure that you subscribe um, to our channel if you're listening to this via any of our uh, any of the podcast platforms please make sure you hit on the notification bell follow us on we underscore r underscore feel Awesome. So, did I even introduce my name, myself? <laughs> my name is Mehaki Wamboy. Um, my co-host is uh, behind the camera. Just an apiga story, Nyuma. But today I have a guest on set, a dear friend, and I'm so excited that he came on board to just share his experience um, on transitions because that's what we are going to be talking about. So, hi, Lemuel. Hey, Rita. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm good, I'm good. How You're good? You? I'm good. I'm so happy that you came through. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to, one, be part of FIO. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of what you guys have been doing. Thank you. Um, and yeah, for today's conversation about transitions. Yeah, yeah. So I hope you will stay tuned because there are a lot of things and a lot of gems that you'll get from the episode. So I'm just going to introduce um, Lemuel so that you all know who he is um, other than just a close friend of ours. So Lemuel Abishwa is currently being incubated uh, as an entrepreneur in residence by Antla. Um, if you don't know Antla, please start Googling. Um, product specialization, where he's working on fintech products. Um, prior to Antla, Lemuel worked at Sun Technologies as a product manager, helping to launch and scale community uh, community products across different markets um, in Africa. Besides Antla, Lemuel is also a product director at Africa Product Peers. Um, this is a, a tech talent network and tech consulting company with a presence in Kenya and Nigeria. Ooh. A mouthful. So I hope you are tuned in for this amazing episode. Um, so Lem, I think oh, I don't know. Can I call you Lem? Because that's how that's how I Lem call you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Lem, um, just to kick us off, yeah. I'd really like to just understand from you who is Lemuel, and then we can get started. Cool. I mean, um, Lemuel is it's many things. Um, right now, an entrepreneur. Um, the background in uh, many things, a combination of tech um, from different startup roles, including being a product manager, mm -hmm. being involved in um, operations, um, marketing, business development. Yeah. Um, Lemon is passionate about social impact in Africa and convicted that the way to achieve that impact is through mm -hmm. technology um, yeah. and employing technology solutions in different um, industries where we're solving problems ranging across financial inclusion mm -hmm. through to education and unemployment. Um, and so with an academic background in law, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this transition. Yeah, I'm so, uh, I'm so curious. Yeah, that conviction made me want to explore 
what was going on in this exciting tech ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and so we made that pivot um, and haven't looked back since. So if you could, um, if there was a movie made about you, mm. and you could like name that movie, yes. what would be the name of that movie? That's a tough one. Um, many changes. Many changes. Yeah, or pivot. Yeah, that's a great title. It speaks to the episode. Yep. Like just pivoting and changing and transitioning. Transition. All right. Um, just take me through um, like how you grew up. Like give us a little bit more context so that we're able to understand um, now what like prompted you to get into things like law. So how you grew up and now uh, we can go towards the journey of you now picking up law and all of that. Yeah, I mean, um, it's an interesting place to start. So I think some, some things to know about me. I grew up in a home that... Um, encouraged a lot of ambition um, and setting big audacious goals um, and yeah so I pursued law because that's you know one of the career paths that just seemed that you know expected to aim for one of the big you know law medicine engineering those yeah. prestigious professions mm -hmm. um, pursued it um, and then the alternative was music. Um, so wow. I don't know if you know that about me, but yeah, at some point uh -huh. I considered a career in music. Like um, being a uh, musician or what? Because music has a lot of things, production and all of those things. So what exactly music? A combination of things. So I, I when I was in high school, I was in a band. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is brand new information. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, I got to... so. We met through church, so yeah. I was in the worship team, and um, it was a church where there's lots of really great musicians in Kenya. So I mention this because um, part of the decision to pursue law was also because of like the financial security that a career path in law offered compared to music. Because yeah. unfortunately, in this region, um, musical industry hasn't really like rewarded um, yeah. excellence in the way it should mm. um, and so you know just looking at some of the best musicians in the country um, putting in work um, putting in work in a diligent consistent way yeah. and not seeing them getting rewarded in the way they should have been um, made me feel like okay maybe this is meant to just be like a, a passion like a side thing, thing I do on the side you yeah. know? Um, and so I, I, I think a combination of that aspiration to be um, financially secure, mm -hmm. but then also in a career path that had impact um, mm -hmm. and a career path that also played a role in fostering change. And was there someone you, like, given that you were thinking about, like, uh, getting into law, is, it that, is, it, is there a lawyer in your home? Is there like a lawyer maybe you knew really. and you were like, okay, I want to be that? Not, well, yes. I mean, there's a, there's a family that are in the legal profession, but I wouldn't say that was part of the decision making. Yeah. Um, so initially, it started with um, when my, I was much younger, my sister would be the one who would say, I want to be a lawyer. Mm. And I would have other things I would say. And then I was like, okay, it seems like this law thing is resonating better with parents. 
So oh, I was like, I'll, I'll say it, you know. I'll say yeah. it, and then as I figure out what I want to do, this is my placeholder. Mm. And then I guess, you know, that thing of like whatever you say manifests. So yeah. eventually I started thinking of myself as a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think as I was wrapping up high school and thinking a lot about like my aspirations for a career path and, and sort of like what is the decision making criteria. Yeah. Um, affinity from like my skill set, um, being someone who um, was, I guess, exposed to like public public speaking through responsibility at mm. school and church. Yeah. Um, also loved things like history and literature. So the affinity for it from like my background and skill set, mm-hmm. um, and then what I was looking for in a career path. Of course, you're looking for money. You're yeah. looking for impact yeah. um, and something that would be intellectually stimulating and challenging mm. um, and so that's, those are some of the things that that inspired me to sort of like choose yeah. law um, and then yeah I just uh, found this really incredible community when I joined Riala Law School mm. um, people who helped me shape the way I, I perceive the world yeah. including you know the role that I want to play in it in terms of driving impact some of the challenges. Um, mm. I think in in that context, that was more from like an access to justice and like a, um, an advocacy perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I usually say like the role of, especially your undergrad, is just to help you get a lens through which you see the world. Right? Mm. So it offered me a yeah. really, really helpful lens to sort of like have a critical perspective towards what are the problems in the world, mm-hmm. you know? So would um, you say it's like the baseline or your foundation was it has to be something that helps you be part of impact or drive impact? For sure. And then if it's law, all good? I think it was, uh, at the beginning, I thought about impact from like the perspective of being an advocate for other mm, people's interests. Yeah. But then I took a step back later on and I was like, the whole goal is impact, right? Whichever vehicle enables mm, you to achieve that impact, um, that could change, you know. Yeah. And, and I think the the like crystallization of that was during my final year. I did this program by mm-hmm. Harvard Business School, mm-hmm. and participants were from like a range of different academic backgrounds. Yeah. So it's me with my um, undergrad in law. There's someone else in the program who had studied literature is doctors, engineers, yeah. and so we would have these, um, they, have, they use this case method at HBS, and so we would read in advance, and then we'd come to class and discuss mm. the cases. Yeah. And so you're, as you're discussing it, you're being told you're the protagonist in the case. Mm-hmm. You are the one who is making the decisions yeah. in, in this business case, this where there's a problem that you're navigating. Mm-hmm. I found it so interesting how everyone has all these diverse perspectives mm-hmm. towards how we can solve the problem. Yeah. Um, it's not that one lens is better than other. any other. Yeah. It's the, a combination of everyone's perspectives mm. that drives us towards solving the problem yeah. in a holistic way. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I want I want to lean more into that. Yeah. Or like approach of like multidisciplinary ways of solving problems mm. as yeah. more of like a generalist because I was spending know my time building deep expertise into yeah. like one domain um, 
and yeah, you know, law is definitely a, a useful tool to solve problems, mm -hmm. but in and of itself, you can't solve all the problems. Yeah. You, need to, you need to leverage a combination of different um, tools to solve problems. Yeah, and I feel like I, I now know why you moved from law to get into product management, but from your perspective, knowing all that you knew at that time, having practiced at, um, for, for what I know, a prestigious firm in the country, why did you decide to move and then now like, now I want to do product management. Even just start us off with what is product management and then why you decided to switch gears. Yeah, well, there's a lot to unpack there. So one, mm -hmm. I didn't know I wanted to pursue product management. So I graduated from law school and I knew I had options in terms of like the, the legal industry, but then I was like, I'm curious about the startup world. Mm. And so I said, let me take a year and give it a shot yeah. and see. So give it a shot is do law, practice law? No, work in startups. Work in startups, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, let me see what it's like to uh, try my hand in building business acumen, mm. um, working in a, in a role that I, I felt, or a company that played a more central role yeah. in driving this impact that I, I was you know, initially caring for mm. when I was choosing this profession. And so, yeah, went in, got hired um, by... So, sorry, I'm curious, what did you apply for as? So, yeah, so that's the thing. So, I, I the company that hired me was set up by... The, the person who hired me was sort of like a management consultant mm -hmm. who was in town for like six months. And so, they were setting up like a sales and marketing function for yeah. the startup. And and so the reason I mentioned that is because there's someone who had this like perspective towards hiring where they're like, you look smart, mm -hmm. you'll figure it out. Right? So they didn't care much for my academic background in law. Yeah. They were just like, um, we're looking for smart people to help us um, with mm. sales and marketing for the startup. So that's the first role I started in, in sales. Yeah, sales I think that's the best thing about startups, that you don't need to be... Um, like have studied a certain thing, right. they, I think they look at what is the potential there, like futuristic thinking, which is exactly. really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think especially in, in um, industries like management consulting, mm -hmm. there's an appreciation that um, whether your background is in f food science yeah. or finance, you know, as long as you have uh, an aptitude for problem solving, mm. um, you can figure things out. Yeah, you can feel. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, that's interesting. So if now you got into this role and now you started, is that where you started tinkering around with uh, being now, like managing a product? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So product, okay. So get into startups, mm -hmm. tried my hand at many different things. And again, at this point, I, I, I don't think I discovered the term product management until... Mm much later after like having joined a startup. Mm. Um, the initial goal was just to be a generalist. But then I, I, I think during that journey, mm -hmm. I realized that, okay, before I had this career path pretty much outlined for yeah. my like growth path. Mm -hmm. You're a, a law student in university, you go to Kenya School of Law, mm -hmm. 
after Kenya School of Law, you do pupillage, pupillage associate, yeah. principal associate, senior associate, partner. Mm -hmm. It's super clear, if in some cases, even how many years it would yeah. take from one um, step to the next. But then you join startups and it's very abstract, mm. right? So I, I started to now figure out how can I get more predictability mm -hmm. in terms of like where my the direction of my career is heading. Okay. Um, and then while I wanted to be a generalist, can I be a generalist in a specific domain? Yeah. Right? Because also the term generalist can be a bit mm. um, uncertain depending on the context. Right? Yeah, if, I think it can also be anxiety. Exactly. You know, yeah. you're in one startup, you're adding value in many different ways. Mm. But then how do you package that value for another mm. organization if you want to grow and transition yes. for other opportunities? Mm. And so during this exploration, I came across product management yeah. um, and then realized that I had actually been doing product management in my, yeah, in my in certain roles. So basically, it's the intersection of um, user experience, mm -hmm. um, the business goals, technology yeah. in figuring out how do we create the right product mm -hmm. that solves our customer's problem, yeah. that achieves a business goal using technology. Mm. Um, and so my first instance of this was through um, working on a talent as a service product mm. um, yeah. where we matched talent that were alumni of ALA, ALU, ALX yeah. to executives across the world. Yeah. Um, and then sort of tried my hand in taking up a hypothesis-driven approach, which is how you navigate product management mm. in building that product um, and seeing it scale. Yeah. And then transition into like now pure digital tech product development um, in the mm. same organization, working on community products, platforms, yeah. similar to LinkedIn. Um, that supported our talent pool in different ways. Mm. I think just because um, I love how you've given us like the journey from just putting yourself out there, going into a startup, being like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know the baseline is me being able to work towards impact, regardless of like how it would look like and right. morph into. Right. Um, what I really want to just go back to is um, you saying that you are getting in as a generalist. Because I feel like sometimes when um, you, get, you go to a startup or like any company, um, say for example you studied something like, I don't know, a key, something. These things that governments just force students to study yeah. in uni yeah. um, as you're trying to figure out yourself. Um, like when you go in there and then there's that fear, that anxiety of will you find your fitting? Will you find, because now you're going there as a generalist. You can literally do anything. When did it click for you that it's important for me to be able to package myself. And then um, I know you later realized that there's product management, but how did you at the beginning put yourself in a way that you are gaining specific skills aligned to what you'd like to do like long term yeah. in terms of pursuing product management? So I think it's um, a combination of two things. Mm -hmm. One, um, being intentional about um, mapping out what my future looked like. Yeah. Um, so for me, that that means sort of uh, 
roadmap of where do I see myself in the next five to ten years mm. and a short list of different pathways that I'm aspiring to achieve. Mm. So, so having, giving yourself options? Yes. Okay. So okay. for me, those pathways would be becoming an entrepreneur. Again, thinking about this context of really inspired by what's going on in our tech ecosystem in yeah. Africa. These guys are solving um, massive problems through private enterprise mm. and leveraging digital innovations. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And so at some point, mm. aspiring to become a founder as an entrepreneur, mm. um, another pathway around um, entrepreneur support. Yeah. Um, so there are many different outfits on the continent that support entrepreneurs, including venture capital funds, mm. um, venture studios, yeah. accelerators, incubators, um, being a part of those kinds of institutions mm. to support entrepreneurs um, is another pathway I was aspiring to. Mm -hmm. And then... Oh, at that young age, like yeah. when you were just kickstarting. Yeah, no, it's, it's, wow. it's again, it's something you're, you're looking forward to in like maybe the timeline, you know, it depends. Yeah. Um, and, and even now, as I sit here, I know timelines move out, you know, like I could be, if we spoke maybe a year ago, I would have been telling you about working in entrepreneur support, maybe mm. in the near term. Now, um, could be much more longer term, especially yeah. I think my proximity to now being a founder yeah. gives me um, interesting sort of like deep diving more into that space. Um, mm. And I think you get to glean a lot of value yeah. by practicing being an entrepreneur and being a founder. Mm -hmm. and by practicing that, then it makes you a much better supporter mm. of that kind of community. Yeah, so, I, I like how you say that. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then the, the other pathway now, the third one for me was in terms of product, mm -hmm. so product leadership. Um, and so now working backwards, yeah. I knew that because I'm aspiring to these potential pathways, that there are different roles I would take on now, roles and responsibilities mm -hmm. I could take on now that would contribute to either one of those pathways. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second one is just talking to people. I would mm. reach out to people on LinkedIn whose profiles I liked. Um, like you just cold call, like cold text now yeah. in, this, in this context. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I'd be like, I like your, your profile. Seems like you've had an interesting career journey. Mm. I'd love to hop on a one-on-one. -on -one. And yeah, I got to learn about the different ways people um, navigated their career and how they got to certain outcomes. Mm -hmm. Many profiles were aligned to the pathways I was aspiring to. Some weren't, some were just like really cool, unique profiles. Mm. Um, yeah, and ultimately I found a lot of value in going back and forth between this is what I'm working towards, this is what I'm hearing from people yeah. in my network. How does this insight, how much of it is relevant to me and, and my journey mm. and how much isn't because yeah. also everyone's journey looks different. Right? Yeah. So it's helpful to hear about you know, what my journey looks like, what Rita's journey looks like, yeah. um, but that doesn't mean that you have to model your journey in exactly the same way. Okay, I like that because you've talked about 
you know you have like a five to ten or like um, futuristic, I'm going to use this word forever, um, like you know what you'd like in the future, like in the upcoming five years, then you kind of like have different pathways that you can follow to get to that ultimate outcome. Then you reach out to community and to people um, so that you can see how their journey looked like um, in order for you to also like see how your journey would look like. So do you feel like what you did at that time was in essence preparing for preparing you for these transitions? Yeah. Like do you feel like that played a very big role um, in that like you being able to move from one tech uh, from love to one tech company and now like pursuing entrepreneurship. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Yeah, because I feel like that in itself is like a checklist for how to prepare for transitions. Um, but I'm also curious, when you decided I'm not going to go the law way, my people have paid the school fees, but you know what? I'm just going to a tech company and then I'm going to be a generalist. Take me through you telling the people in your life that needed to know how did they react to you choosing to make mm. that pivot or that change? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think there were mixed emotions, obviously. So, like, you know, I, I graduated um, really well from law school. Mm. Yeah, you had a class, fast class. Yeah. class. And so there's an expectation that, obviously, you're going to pursue yeah. practicing law and go to um, one of the law firms I, I worked at previously. Yeah. Um, I think with my parents, there was an understanding that I had been intentional even in my university journey in in figuring out my, my pathways. Yeah. And so the this trust that was built mm. that even as I'm making these decisions that he will figure it out. Yeah. Um, I think it was actually harder mm -hmm. with some of the lecturers from uni mm. um, who I had sort of like a mentorship relationship with. Yeah. And also some of the like partners in some of the firms I'd worked at who I'd also built a relationship with because... Mm. Like when you're interning and all yes, that Yes, yes. Oh, because yeah. they got invested obviously in my journey. Mm. Um, and with that investment, you sort of feel yeah. accountable. Yes. So, and, that, and that's why I said it's important to hear about other people's journeys and look out for their advice, mm. but not everything that they share with you yeah. is relevant to your journey. Mm. I think it was really important for me in that season to figure out how to compartmentalize. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Please really solid advice that you're going to get from people who you know care for you who want the best for you yeah. but then at the end of the day you know you need to also take ownership of your own journey yeah um, and know what seems aligned to what is relevant for for your path um, based on what they are communicating based on what what do you feel like? Mm -hmm. You know, trust your gut, be bold, take some risks, yeah. be audacious. Um, sometimes it will work out, sometimes it might not. Um, I think either way, yeah. it's helpful to keep people involved in your journey. Tell them about it. Mm -hmm. um, respectfully, 
disagree sometimes yeah. and like yeah i hear you but um i'm gonna try this out in this way because i feel that's what's best for me mm. um at the end of the day the people who still care for you in your journey will yeah. still be around even for the twists and turns which they didn't uh, vote for mm. um, so yeah, yeah that's been the case for me there are people who've um still been really excited for me even as I've transitioned and are still a part of my journey. Yeah. I think that's so wise. Like when you said compartmentalize, like you will tell you will tell your community and everyone wants what's best for you. They will not tell you don't do this because they are uh, they're being malicious. Mm. They're trying to protect you. Yeah. But then you also love them so you're like I will compartmentalize and put this here and here. But you will also communicate that, yes, I hear what you're saying, but this is what I'd like to pursue. And then the other thing I like about what you said is, like, they will be with you in things they did vote for. They did not at all see coming. And I think that's why creating strong communities or having people who really support you 100% is important. Yeah. Because most people would vote out. Yeah. They'd be like, nah, you're going into entrepreneurship. Yeah. You're living a fully paying, well-paying job. I'm not going that journey. Oh, okay. I've learned so much so far. <laughs> okay, um, I think the next thing that I'd like to tap into, because now you moved from, um, you went to the startup, you did all of the things that you did, and we got to work together. It was such a pleasure watching you and just being able to like, collaborate. Yeah. Um, so now I'm thinking about the time when you were like, you know what, now I am moving from, doing this product thing um, mm. in a corporate setup and now I want to risk it because entrepreneurship is risky and I want to risk it and now venture into like being now an entrepreneur and joining Atla. Like just take me through your thought process of now saying that now I want to do it. Um, I think even before we get to doing it full time, when did you start exploring entrepreneurship? Is this uh, what you're currently doing? Is, that, is this the first thing you founded? Take me through that journey from like when you were young and had an eye for I want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of my entrepreneurship journey, I'd say it's synonymous with like my my leadership journey generally. Mm -hmm. And leadership is about combination of influence and like yeah. and creating value for, for the people around you. Mm. Uh, and so Let's go there. Leadership is a combination of creating, a combination of influence and creating value for yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. And so in campus, it was uh, a really formative season for me in terms of like a combination of those things. Mm. Um, and I got exposed to positions of leadership and responsibility yeah. that helped me build that muscle for um, one, how to um, establish that influence. Yeah. Um, in some cases that was political, so looking for votes. Um, this is in uni? Yes. Mm -hmm. In other cases it was more soft power. Mm -hmm. um, so based off like um, relationships, yeah. based off, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, you're not directly reporting to me. Mm. Um, kind of like social sound. capital. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, creating value as well. And so I think 
in, in, that, in that season, what I figured out is the creating value bit mm-hmm. is in many times aligned to what I'm struggling with. So of course in campus, mm. you're um, trying to figure out your academics, yeah. you're trying to figure out your career. Mm-hmm. And so creating value in that case, that instance is, as I figure it out for myself, I help other people around me figure it out too. Mm. So creating value for people by helping them succeed academically through different initiatives, um, and then also professionally. Yeah. By, you know, as I'm figuring out how do I break into big law in Kenya, um, creating an enabling environment so mm. that the people around me can also discover some of those insights too. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, transitioned, and, and now in terms of other sort of entrepreneurial experiments, yeah. um, it's another business which is... Uh, it's called, let me, <laughs> so it's called Wingman. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a business for men in relationships. So, that's <laughs> why so I paused. So, uh-huh. again, the context is, as mm-hmm. I'm figuring out how to be a great partner, mm-hmm. I realized that this is also a problem that many men grapple with. Like, how do you sustain a successful relationship? Ooh. You know, and then you build a, in that case, build a product strategy around love languages. So gifting, acts of service, words of affirmation, yeah. um, physical touch, you can't really help. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the point. Yeah, I get the right? point. So I figured out, okay, as I'm figuring out how to succeed in this space, mm-hmm. um, creating value for other people around me by also helping yeah. to figure this out on behalf of like a broader community mm. um, and then yeah build, figuring out how to create products in that context mm-hmm. um, so it's like you were looking at what am I struggling with then rather than what can solve my problems like what can I create to solve my problem and other people's problems so this started as a, as a young age yeah this is like after uni mm. um, so yeah started on that got traction, got revenue, mm. um, and was offered uh, three angel checks. Um, and then at that point is when I was like, okay, do I, the love economy is uh, an interesting uh, industry, <laughs> yeah. but is this where I would want to dedicate like five to ten years of my life? Mm. Um, especially now when you're being offered investment now there's accountability that comes with it yeah right because you can't just take someone's money and then you run off and and you know do your own thing you have to now figure out am i going to dedicate time yeah to building out this business and helping it realize its full potential Mm -hmm. and so i think that sparked within me now the interest in now figuring out okay where is that space where i want to dedicate uh the next five to ten years, mm-hmm. in since I've now sort of now got into this groove of figuring out how to create value and create products around that value, yeah, and also um, inspire investors to mm. to rally around this vision, yeah. Um, and another pass at that is Africa Product Peers, mm-hmm. um, 
I don't want to get too much into that because of time. Yeah. But it's another example of as I was figuring out my my path in tech, this new transition, mm-hmm. um, realizing that a lot of people around me who are grappling with the same things yeah. in terms of how do I succeed um, as a tech professional, and especially because there are a lot of support communities for engineers, but not so much for product managers yeah. and UX designers. Mm-hmm. And so we've created lots of products as, as well in that um, business. Yeah. Um, revenue generating too, mm-hmm. where we've thought about okay, how do we create value for people in this context. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just very relevant to me mm. and, and the things that I've been thinking through in my journey. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I really like. The fact that you are not looking to solve an external problem. You're looking to solve an internal, like a problem that is you're, you're facing. Yeah. And then solve it for other people, then package it as a product. Yeah. And other people can now buy yeah. and use your product. And yeah. now you're earning yeah. from your solution. Yeah. To your problem. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's and, pretty cool. And it's, it's the story of many entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I experienced this problem and as I figured out how to solve it, I realized that, hey, this should be mm. a, a problem that we solve for the whole, yeah. Um, yeah, the whole world in some cases. Interesting. So even as you went through um, like all of these things that led you to now launch into being an entrepreneur. Take me through now you are like, you know what, now I can stop this corporate um, job, this paying job. Like you, you know there's a monthly salary coming in to be like, I'm going to just wing it. Like uh, take on Antler, which is such a big deal and congratulations for being able to do that. Um, so why did you do it? And up to where you are now, was it worth it? Yeah, I mean... Um why I did it is because I, I could, I could take the risk. Mm. Um, I think there's the initial, to be honest, intention was to probably um, try my hand at entrepreneurship a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I felt like now is the best time to sort of like risk it also because I've had a chance to experiment with all of these entrepreneurial um, experiments that we've discussed. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of um, ripeness even in terms of helping to scale products across different markets Mm. and having been a part of Suntech's journey from, you know, early stages of conceptualizing products until yeah. now you're seeing them scale. Mm. And so um, I think, you know, sometimes I like this um, analogy from this experiment that's done with fleas. Mm-hmm. Um, so they take fleas and they put them in a jar and then when those fleas, fleas typically they can jump up to like 10 feet yeah. plus. Um, some crazy start, mm. right? But then when you put a lid, when you put them in a, in a jar, in a cup, and you put a lid on top, and you leave it there for enough time, mm-hmm. they'll only jump until the height yeah. of the cup, yeah. right? And so what that experiment um, speaks to is basically the idea that you stay too long in an, in an environment, 
and you form habits around that, yeah. then you sort of hold back your ability to realize your full potential. Mm. And so I think a lot of these skills that I was building, a lot of the leadership potential that mm. I, I was building capacity for, I think runs the risk of um, being undermined if you stay too, too long, long in an environment that yeah. so you know take what you can from a, a space learn grow mm. and then I think transitions are really really helpful in career advancement yeah. whether that's transitioning to another organization um, in my in my case I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and so take the risk um, yeah. is it going to pan out we don't know time yet. will tell yeah um, I think also uh, working in, in startups has given me this mindset of fail fast, fail forward. Yeah. Um, mm, the fail fast, fail forward. Going through this process of understanding a problem, understanding a market, yeah. um, breathing life into a business mm. to help it get off the ground, um, seeing how far that will go. Yeah. Um, that's a process that mostly doesn't work out <laughs> for most entrepreneurs. Yeah. That's a reality. But did you feel like, was there like a time when you had a lot of anxiety, self-doubt, where you were like, maybe I shouldn't have done this? Did you experience anything um, like that? Like what were your feelings I around think, that? I think entrepreneurs go through that every day. Mm. Um, anyone who tells you otherwise probably has a runway of like millions of dollars in the bank to they have something to on. fall back on right yeah um i i think it's the ceo of nvidia the other day who was talking about he was asked if you could go back and start your entrepreneurial journey what would you do differently mm-hmm. he said i wouldn't do it because <laughs> 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 um, yeah entrepreneurship yeah. is hard uh but I think you just have to choose your heart. Mm. Even being an employee is hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And choose your heart. And I think as you know your aspirations, for me a new entrepreneurship was it. Mm. So it's no better time to start than now. Yeah. Um, try it, see where it goes. <laughs> um and yeah, Antla is one of the most, if not the most reputable VC in East Africa. Um they've helped to get off the ground. Lots of really great ventures like AI Fluence, Honeycoin, Uncover, mm-hmm. um, some brilliant, brilliant entrepreneurship support. Um, our partners, Mel and Marie, really well respected in the ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, um, our program manager, Kosen, really, really brilliant um, um, entrepreneur support. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I think going through this grappling with am I ready for entrepreneurship but then also having support like that mm. um, and seeing like organizations start like that yeah yeah it, it fosters the right encouragement yeah to just give it a shot mm. so choose your heart choose your heart and this is the one you chose this is the <laughs> this is the one I chose all right um I just have like two more questions Go for it. So how has your perception of success um, evolved throughout all these transitions? Perception of success. I think 
perception of success now is, is more centered around insight. So what have we learned? So right now, um, what I'm working on in Ant at Antler is a fintech solution for churches. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's called Faith Foundry. Mm. And so right now what we're figuring out is monetization. So we've, we've done lots of great research in terms of understanding the different problems and opportunities in the church space. Um, many opportunities to create products in that mm -hmm. industry. Um, <clears throat> the one that we are piloting now is creating value, among other ways, through creating additional um, revenues from donations. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that will determine whether this business will succeed is monetization. So, historically, churches have been accustomed to getting value for free, right? It's mm. like through volunteers and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, so, will they pay for a product? Mm. And if, if they don't, can it be a business or should it be a, another type of outfit? Yeah. Right? So, creating the value... Um, putting it out there, and then seeing whether people will pay for it. Mm -hmm. um, if they don't pay for it, that's not a failure. Mm. If they don't pay for it, that's insight. Yeah. And that insight will determine how we decide how to move forward mm. with, with this business. Yeah. Uh, because again, there are many opportunities and many op uh, in terms of like faith tech and church tech. Mm. Um, there are very few entrepreneurs in the continent that have explored that space. Yeah, I've actually never heard of faith tech. Yeah. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it has to be built. Yeah. And I'm excited to be part of the, the operators mm. in the continent that's now exploring this space. Uh, but again, monetization is the insight we need to get. Yeah. So if we can't monetize it, then we need to figure out how, how we're going to get it off the ground in other ways. Mm. So that is success for your business. Yes. Insight. What is success for Lemuel? Growth. Growth. I like that. All right. So just to wrap it up, we talk about um, figuring out things. Um, it can be personal things. It can be professional things. But at your core, what do you? What are you currently figuring out at this time? Figuring out how to. Replicate myself. Replicate yourself. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk me so through that. Currently, at Africa Product Peers, <clears throat> we're taking um, insight from like what we've done at Faith Foundry um, in terms of building products with no code. So, um, no code. No code solutions mm -hmm. in AI um, are what we used to build um, our first product yeah. at Faith Foundry. And we have a really special community at APP of um, product managers and, and UX designers, among others, yeah. who work in tech, have proximity to the development of tech solutions, excuse yeah. me, um, with product thinking, hypothesis-driven approach mm -hmm. towards how do we solve the customer's problem, achieve a business goal using tech. Mm -hmm. The only thing is they are blocked by engineering dependencies. So you can sort of conceptualize what the product would look like yeah. and all of that, but then you can't, you just can't build it, mm. right? And so in, in, in this era of 
tech now yeah. we have a lot more no code solutions that would allow you to mm, actually build it yourself yeah. um, and who better than the people who are involved in the development process who think about how to build products in a structured mm. hypothesis driven way yeah. um, and especially now with a lot of the AI solutions that are coming up in the ecosystem because mm. of companies like OpenAI. So um, that's what we used, that kind of thinking is what we used when we were building um, Faith Foundry's first product. Yeah. And so when I say I'm thinking about how to replicate myself, yeah. thinking about how can I help other people in the ecosystem, in our community at APP, figure this out mm. as well. Awesome. How can you replicate yourself? Okay. And that. Um, I don't say it's a wrap, but I've learned so much. Thank you for sharing your journey. Um, I think it takes a lot of courage to do what you've done since, like, from the beginning, like, taking up law and then choosing and being bold enough to even communicate with the people around you and tell them this is where you're going. I think it takes a lot of guts. And then being able to leave the organization, the corporate job, and then being able to launch yourself fully into entrepreneurship. I think that takes a lot of guts. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I can't wait to see where this goes and just get more exposure about faith tech or church tech. I have never heard of it. But I really want to just follow your journey and see where that goes. Cool. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Rita. You're welcome. And thank you so much for joining. Thank you all for watching, listening, wherever you're listening from. I hope you have hit the notification bell. You've hit on subscribe if you're watching our lovely faces on YouTube. And we'd love to get... Um, your questions around LEMS transition, um, just drop them in the comments and we'll be able to pass them through. But thank you for watching We Are Feel. Follow us on we underscore are uh, underscore feel and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.